take your Bibles, if you would please, and turn to Luke chapter 10, the Gospel of Luke chapter 10. We're going to be dealing with verses 25 through 37 this morning. We're going to be dealing with uh, the parable of the Good Samaritan. title of my message is, Who is My Neighbor? One of the great temptations of every believer is somehow to take the infinitely powerful message of Jesus Christ and somehow break it down to something more manageable or achievable by normal everyday people. And I think this parable of the Good Samaritan uh, really uh, pictures that. Uh, let me, but though, before I go to that, you stay there in Luke uh, 10, but I'm going to turn over to Matthew chapter 6, and I think uh, <clears throat> Thomas will have it up on the screen. It says in Matthew chapter 6, this of course is in the, uh, the uh, right before or right after the Beatitudes, we're in the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus says this, he says, uh, you have heard that it is said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. Now that's a pretty tough uh, commandment to follow for us to I mean you've heard it said of old in other words that's what the the uh, the the scribes and the 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 Mishnah which is a, a kind of a, a a commentary on the the Torah the law he says you heard it said of old that you should love your enemy uh, love your neighbors and hate your enemies but I'm telling you that you need to love your enemies too and that's pretty difficult. And so sometimes, sometimes we try to uh, minimize this tremendous and powerful uh, message that God has handed down in His Word, and the Lord Jesus Christ has tried to uh, <clears throat> magnify it. Sometimes we ask the question: Well, if we're to love our neighbors and hate our enemies, or love our neighbors and love our enemies too. Who are our neighbors? Who are we supposed to love? Sometimes we try to narrow down what God has told us to do so that it might be a little bit easier for us to uh, be in obedience to that commandment. But folks, listen to me. I want to tell you, when God says something, he means that forever, and he means it for each and every one of us. So we're going to talk a little bit I'm going to read, the, start off with the, uh, the uh, first part of this parable of the, the Good Samaritan. And uh, it's the first point of my message is going to be included in that, and that's the context. Whenever, whenever you're studying any passage of Scripture, and especially when you are trying to interpret what a parable is trying to teach, the context 
is very important. And we find that in verses 25 through 28. And it says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? And so he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered well. Do this, and you will live. This is the context of the parable of the Good Samaritan. Jesus was teaching, and this crowd was gathered around them, probably just sitting around where he was uh, teaching, and then all of a sudden this man stood up and he asked him this question, and the Bible says that this man was a lawyer. And Now, when Luke called him a lawyer, it was a little bit different than what you think of a lawyer today. I mean, most of the time when we think of a lawyer today, it's somebody, he's an attorney, and he defends people in court and that kind of thing and argues your case in court. This is a little bit different from that. Uh, the lawyer in the New Testament was, I mean, I guess basically uh, you can say that he was a lawyer because he was an expert in the law but not the civil law. He was an expert in the Jewish law, in the Mosaic law. And he was a very intelligent person. He had studied the law, and uh, they called upon him to uh, uh, find out how the Jewish law was to be applied. And, and since they were lawyers, but it's mainly the Jewish law that they're talking about and not... And not uh, uh, civil law. So this man wasn't really looking for information about the law because he already knew what the law had to say. He was an expert in in the law, and uh, and so he he was trying to trap Jesus, and that's why Luke worded it the way he did. Notice what it says: "And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him. He was trying to." trap Jesus into saying something that they could charge him with. And by the way, this happened over and over again. As you study through the Gospels, you'll see people from time to time trying to trap Jesus and getting him into a, an argument for something that he couldn't defend himself. And, uh, but this lawyer was doing it the right way. He, uh, the Bible says that he stood up. He was very respectful. He was there in the crowd and Jesus was teaching. He was respectful. He stood up and he addressed him as teacher or, or rabbi. And uh, he asked the question, uh, how do I inherit eternal life? Now, Jesus knew that he was a lawyer. Jesus knew that he was trying to set a trap for him. And so very adeptly, I think Jesus sidestepped by asking the lawyer, well, you tell me, what does the law say? How do you read the law? And uh, we find that in verse 27. He says, so he answered and said, 
You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and, and your neighbor as yourself. Now, that doesn't sound too much like a shocking answer to us, but to the people of that day, that was a very shocking answer because he does something there that has never been done in the Old Testament. We never find that anywhere in the Old Testament. That's basically, he takes two different commandments. The first one was from the Shema, which is a teaching that every Jewish household was aware of. It's from Deuteronomy 6 and verses 4 and 5, and what it's talking about is where he says that you love the Lord your God and the Lord is one and you should love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That, that was something. And then he says, <coughs> excuse me, and your neighbor as yourself. That comes from Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 18. And like I said, all of the Jews that were there, they understood those commandments, but never before had they been put together as one sentence or one statement. Now, if you search throughout the Old Testament, you'll never see those two statements uh, together. It's shocking to them because it was something unusual, but to you and me it's not shocking at all because you remember that in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus put those together when he said that the first commandment is that we're to, lo to love God with all of our heart, mind, strength, and uh, heart. And, uh, and, and then he says, and the second commandment is like unto it, we should love our neighbor as ourselves. Jesus put those two together, and we see it together all of the time. It's not shocking to us at all, but it, for a student of the Old Testament, they knew that was something that was totally different and this is the thing. That lawyer, as soon as Jesus asked him the question, uh, or as soon as Jesus said, oh, you answered correctly, because he did answer correctly, and you go and live that way, and you'll do well. In other words, you won't have any problem. You'll have eternal life. You do what those two commandments say, and you won't have any problem getting into heaven. And... Uh, but the, uh have to work my way through this. It's kind of like a maze. I, we, he immediately knew that he couldn't keep those two commandments. He immediately knew that he didn't love God all of the time with all of his strength, with all of his mind, with all of his heart. And uh, he immediately knew that he wasn't always... Uh, treating his neighbor as himself. And so we find, we find the contrast here. We find the confrontation because he comes back. He's trying to justify himself. Let's read verses starting in verse 29. It says, But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is, and who is my neighbor? When Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, doesn't say who he was. It doesn't say what his nationality was. It's assumed that he was a Jew. But uh, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. 
Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, uh, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as, a, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on, pouring on oil and wine and set him on his animal, took him to the inn, took care of him. Uh, on the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, which is two days' worth of wages, gave them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of, so which of these three do you think was the neighbor of him who fell among the thieves? The confrontation, this lawyer knew that Jesus had outsmarted him he knew that he turned the tables on him and he tried to, uh, to uh, face up and justify himself by asking this question, who is my neighbor? And so many times, folks, listen to me. This wasn't just a biblical story. It happens to us all the time. When we find or we come across people that are in need, that, uh, ha- that are in trouble or, or have... Uh, certain needs, sometimes we ask ourselves the question before we immediately go and help those people, we need to find out, well, are, are, are they really my neighbor, you know? Are they really uh, someone that I need or can I diminish, can I, can I bring lower or uh, make smaller that wide group of people that we identify as our neighbor, and that's what he said. Well, who is my neighbor? And Jesus answered him, and he said, let me tell you a story. There was a man, probably a Jew, going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Now, you have to understand this story. The context of it is this. Jericho is 17 miles from Jerusalem. Jerusalem's it was is about 3,000 feet above sea level. Jericho is about 1,000, a little less than 1,000, and it's a little less than 3,000, but pretty close to those things. So it's almost 4,000 feet decline in 17 miles. And so there are a lot of gullies, there are a lot of ravines, there are a lot of caves and mountainous and dangerous territory and it's a wonderful place for thieves and robbers and criminals to hide out. They could rob somebody, beat them up, and get back out into the caves and get away and never get caught. And this is exactly, this man was coming from Jerusalem to Jericho, <clears throat> and, uh, and he fell among thieves, and they beat him up. I mean, not they didn't just grab his purse and run off. They beat him up pretty good. As a matter of fact, they, they hit him and they hit him and they hit him again and they beat him and the Bible says that they ran off with all... And, and listen to Listen. It says that they stripped him. They took all of his clothes. They took all of his money. 
if he was on some kind of an animal like a, a donkey or a horse or something, he took that, they took that too. They left him there naked, half dead. And they just left him there. He was in pretty bad shape. And Jesus said, some people happened to come by. The first person that came by was a priest. Now, if you thought anybody would be careful about and wanting to help some, you would think a priest would. This priest came by, and it may be. I mean, you could uh, figure out, you could kind of rationalize in your mind that, you know, priests aren't supposed to, uh, if they touch a dead person or an unclean person, then they couldn't carry out their priestly uh, uh, duties without until they were cleansed, until they went through a purification process. So maybe they thought about that. But folks, listen to me. If you find somebody on the side of the road that's half dead, you don't think about those kinds of things. You don't think those kind, about those kinds. What that priest went through his mind, he says, is that my neighbor? And he said, no, that's probably not my neighbor. So he crossed on the other side of the road and left him there. And then another one came by, and this guy was a Levite. Now, Jesus is clever because this lawyer, another word for lawyer, <clears throat> matter of fact, Luke is the only one, except one time, Matthew, in chapter 22, Matthew uses this term lawyer once. Luke is the only other time. In, in the Gospel of Luke is the only time you find that in the New Testament where they use this term, lawyer. All of the times, all of the times that they're mentioned, it's talking about a scribe, okay? It's a scribe. This lawyer was a scribe. Now, scribes were always Levites. So when Jesus said this Levite came, he was talking, he was looking straight at that lawyer who also was a scribe, who also was the Levite. He's saying, this is one of yours. One of you people came by and didn't pay any attention. Matter of fact, crossed the other side of the road and uh, left the man to die. And then he said a third person came. Now this person was a Samaritan. Now, most of the time, most of you don't understand, or, or let me say, many of you don't understand what this meant when it was a Samaritan that came and helped, most likely a Jew who was in trouble. Who was, we, we, we don't get that in our world today, but the Jews absolutely hated Samaritans. It went back to the Babylonian uh, captivity and some of the Jews stayed and when they did stay they intermarried with the Babylonians and they started worshiping Babylonian gods and, and that type of thing and the Jews just didn't want to have anything to do with it. Uh, there was, I mean a Jew would cross the road if he saw a Samaritan walk. I mean they hated one another. If I could put it in today's terms, and I don't like doing this, but I'm going to do it. It would be like the leader of Black Lives Matter laying there hurt, and the Grand Poobah 
of the Ku Klux Klan coming by and passing by. And he's the one that came over and helped them. What Jesus was doing is that he was re-expanding who our neighbor is. It wasn't a Ku Klux Klan member, obvious. It wasn't a Black Lives Matter, obvious. But they were, I mean, as far apart from the spectrum as you can get. And it was the Samaritan that came over and helped them and had mercy on him, the Bible says. Had mercy on the man. And listen to me, listen to me. When he said that he had mercy on him, it's more than he just went over to check on him to see if he was okay. He knew it was going to cost him something to take care of this man. He took oil and he took wine. Wine is an antiseptic and an oil is kind of like a salve and he bandaged up his wounds and he put him on his animal and he carried him to the closest inn and he put him in a room in the inn and asked the inn to make sure somebody took care of him until he was well and he gave him two denarii, which is two days' wages, and he gave them, and, and he said, make sure this guy's taken care of until he could leave. And, uh, and if it costs more than that, I will, I will come back my next wait time through here, and I will pay you whatever added fee. Now, folks, listen to me. Listen to me. What Jesus was doing was he was expanding the... Uh, who is my neighbor? He wasn't, we try to sometimes narrow it. He was widening it. And he's saying that everybody, all human beings, deserve our love and deserve our, we don't have to agree with them. We don't have to say that uh, I'm going to start believing what they believe or start doing what they do. We don't have to do any of that kind of stuff. But what we need to do is to love them and care for them, and share with them, and make sure that they hear. Rebecca? Make sure they hear the gospel. Make sure that we share our light with them. See? Because as believers in Christ, you carry a little light with you. Amen? Amen? We have the light of the world in our hearts and when we come in contact with these people, I'm not saying I'm not saying you have to agree with what they do or what they believe or anything like that, but I'm saying that if we see somebody out there that needs help, we need to help them. That's what, that's what Jesus was saying. That's what Jesus was saying. And I think, I guess, coming to the conclusion of this, uh, Jesus turned around the original question. What was the original question? Who, then, is my brother? Jesus turned it around. Whose brother am I? Whose brother am I? Whose brother are you? Are you being a brother to somebody. If we come in contact, if we come across a person that is in need, are we going to be a brother to that person? Are we going to meet that need? 
Folks, listen to me. Listen to me. Every one of us, every single person in this room right now has done this sometime in your life. Well, and you've come up with some reason why we don't reach out to that person or we don't reach out to this person. We know, we know that we're to love our neighbor as ourselves, but we kind of we kind of try to pair some out of who our real neighbor is. And the question is the question is not who's my neighbor, but the question is to whom am I a neighbor? Who am I going to reach out to? Who am I going to help? Who am I going to be there for? When we come in contact, now listen, listen, this is the key to the whole thing. Who's telling the story? Jesus is telling the story. Jesus was on his way to the cross. Jesus was on his way to the cross. And he came by you. Who are broken. Desperate. Struggling. Jesus was on his way to the cross. And he was willing to do exactly what you needed. He gave his life for you. He took that beating. They stripped him naked. They plucked out his beard. They beat him with rods. And then they hung him on a cruel cross up Calvary's mountain. He paid that price for you. Now let me ask you this question. Whose brother, whose neighbor are you? Who is it that God wants you to minister to? Who is it that God wants you to share that light with and to uh, make a difference? It may cost you something. Who is it? Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for today. I thank you for these folks that are here this morning. I thank you, Lord, for this tremendous story in the Good Samaritan. Father, help us to take that and apply it to our own lives. 
and help us to see who it is, God, that you've placed in our path that is dependent upon our concern and compassion and love. God, I just believe that there's somebody for all of us to reach out to. I just, I just believe, God, that there's somebody that we all need to reach out to. And I just thank you for this opportunity. And God, I just pray, Lord, that you give us courage, you give us strength, you give us the ability, God, to reach out. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.